You're live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Got my good friend Gray Williams with me today. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Always glad to be here. The App Show. We've been around for a few years now. We're all about the world of mobile technology and apps. We've got a great program. We're going to be talking about Bill C-51. It's uh, just past the Senate. We're going to be talking with Brian Jackson about what's happening and how soon he thinks it might get passed by the House of Commons. It's all about trying to regulate the streaming services into contributing to Canadian content. Canadian broadcasters have to spend millions of dollars to Canadian producers to make Canadian content. They also have to play a certain amount of Canadian content. They're looking to try to even the playing field with the Netflixes and Spotify's of the world. So we'll be talking about that. We will also be chatting about Twitter, the latest Twitter updates. Where's that crazy train now? <laughs> it's a bit of a disaster, but you know, it's fun to watch. You know, I have to appreciate the whole AI story, you know, with chat GPT and all. Mm. At least we didn't have to keep talking about Twitter every yeah. week because I was getting a little tired. But I think it's time to see where we're at with Elon Musk and the dumpster fire. We'll also be talking about Apple. This is probably no surprise to you. Apple now has over 2 billion active devices worldwide. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It is. But I mean, they've, made, they've done a whole lot of work in keeping their devices in stream. Longer so software update cycles, you know, better repair programs. These guys, they've, they've made it happen. Everyone wants to be Apple. Yeah. Because they've got the hardware and they've got the services. Do you know what I mean? Vertical integration. It's a thing. Uh, they're probably the pinnacle of vertical integration. Okay. Let's uh, talk about some of the, uh, the mobile news. We've talked about bloatware before. Yeah. And, you know, typically it's been around like the operating systems and probably even more so Windows over the years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Windows operating system takes up so much space, but then they dump all sorts of extra crap in there. By they, you mean computer manufacturers. The, the, Microsoft. The yeah. Microsoft yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, all sorts of extra, you know, maybe stupid games or... Here, go find this Soft, thing in the app store. The horoscope apps. Yeah. There's the, everywhere. The, the software, you know, extra antivirus software that you probably don't need. Bonsai buddy. Yeah. I'm Anyway, so you thought it was a problem on Windows machines. The latest Samsung Galaxy uh, S23, it takes it to another level. Oh, no. Yeah. Guess how big the uh, all the software, everything, the bloatware is on that. 60 gigabytes. No. Yeah. No, no, no. That's last year on the S22, it was 49 gigabytes. Now, I remember reading that there was an app that would actually go into the Android operating system and remove a lot of that stuff. The problem was it, it would get rid of some, but some of it's so deeply ingrained in the operating system that it doesn't remove it. It just kind of hides it. You don't get your data back. You don't get your space back. You just don't see it anymore. So uh, this was a an article on Arts Technica. They mm. kind of broke this story. Um, that that 60 gigabytes, that Android build that they've somehow plopped into their latest smartphone, it's four times the size of Google's. Isn't that incredible? So that's f like Google's would be 15 gigabytes, mm -hmm. including the operating system. But so somehow Samsung has taken it. I'm not saying it's all bad stuff, right? Because Samsung's got a lot of great tools. Yep on their, their smartphones, but it just kind of shows you how fast that, that storage space gets taken up, right? Well, and the question is- And I guess that's why they've included 256 gigabytes on the top two models now, right? 
because you need the extra space for all their stuff. I mean, here's the thing. As an end user, when you're starting the phone up, it should give you the option. Hey, we've got all these cool tools. Here's what they do. Check the boxes of the ones that you want, right? The challenge is if Samsung does have agreements with some of these software providers, which is where a chunk of their profit comes from, if those things aren't there, this is less lucrative for Samsung, the whole thing kind of just falls apart. Question is, again, other companies aren't doing this. Apple isn't doing this. Samsung, we're looking at you and going, nice. You got to be able to give users that space back. So either yeah. make it removable, make it optional. You know, think well, about consumer the, Yeah, I guess that's a good thing about Android. It's kind of easy to theoretically <laughs> remove that stuff. It's like digging a tick out. I'm not going to lie to you. No. <laughs> I guess that's the thing, right? Most people aren't going to dig it out. No. Unless they're just so short of space. Well, the thing is, I think most people aren't going to use all of those tools either. So really, we've just got digital waste sitting on our phones. That's, that's not good for anybody. Okay, we're going to go to a break. But before we do, I, I want to give a shout out to our contest, Gray. And it's going to go till the end of February, uh, working with the folks at TELUS and their Friendly Future Foundation, giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone. Not the 23, the 22. but the 22. Less bloatware. <laughs> Uh, you know, I kid. Samsung, they're a fantastic company. They make fantastic, their phones are like top notch. Yeah. The camera's on it, amazing as well. You'd be proud to have this phone if you want it. Uh, also, a $500 gift card to your favorite Canadian charity. That's nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so we have a secret word as well. And I'm not going to tell you yet. You're going to have to keep listening to the program. That's the trick, right? <laughs> uh, and if you do, you get 25 extra entries if you input it. So you have to go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, go to the contest page, enter in, and then there's stuff you can do to get extra entries. And of course, one of them is the secret word of the week, which we'll tell you later on in the program. When we come back from the break, Bill C51, what does that mean to the streaming services and you? Back after this. You are back with the program. We're going to talk about uh, a new bill that has just passed the Senate. And I think it's something that Canadians should be aware of and uh, the direction we're going with Canadian content. Bill C-11. We've got an expert on the line, uh, our good friend Brian Jackson from the Infotech Research Group out of uh, Toronto. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Always good to be here with you, Mike. Tell the listeners what... Uh, Bill C-11 basically boils down to what is its intent before we kind of go into some of the, the details that are ping-ponging back and forth. Okay, for sure. This is the Online Streaming Act. And what the government is trying to do is bring up some of those Canadian content requirements that we're familiar with in TV and radio to the online space. So, Mike, you probably have had this experience where a song comes on the radio, maybe you're in the car with your friend or your family and somebody will say, oh, this is the song that's fulfilling the CanCon requirement for the radio station today. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, well, the people in the business, yes, for sure. And yeah. I, I would I would have to say- People uh, know about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People are aware of CanCon and Canadians sort of have even after decades of it being a, a, a factor in the media, I think we sort of know how to recognize it. And the interesting thing is We've been free of these requirements in the online space. So when we're talking about Netflix or YouTube or all these other streaming services that we love to watch every day now in Canada and are watching more and more, well, it just hasn't been a factor there yet. Well, that's the kind of the interesting thing. You know, when you look at the 
the the radio and the television broadcasters they've got some pretty strict rules on Canadian content requirements and I think it's been successful for the most part in certain industries you know for sure on the music side you know Canadian musicians really compete worldwide you know we've got the Brian Adams and Justin Bieber Celine Dion's and you know hundreds of other uh, artists and I think the CanCon rules I feel have have helped you know, develop that whole side on the, on the TV and, and film side, you know, could be debated there, but uh, even myself with our get connected TV show, uh, we have benefited from those uh, CanCon rules, uh, you know, essentially through television, film and tax credits. Uh, you know, the broadcasters, uh, the TV guys are mandated to spend X amount of dollars and have, have certain percentages of Canadian content uh, on, on the airwaves. And I guess what Bill C-11 is trying to do is kind of take that onto the streaming world because that's the direction everything's going, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we know that uh, what's growing in terms of how people are consuming content and video, it's online and that continues to be true. We're just only seeing more competition among the streaming sites. I mean, it used to be just Netflix, but now we have Disney Plus, we have Amazon Prime, people are watching more video on TikTok. So it seems like this is the, the new way of the world, and therefore the government wants to sort of modernize the Canadian Broadcasting Act and say that even if you're online, it's still like broadcasting. That's that's the tough part, though, isn't it, Brian? Like when you look at streaming services and even let's look at YouTube, for example, how do you regulate Canadian content on there? I mean, that, that is th the question. That right? is insane. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin on that. And I don't think anybody really does. Can you just imagine YouTube trying to figure out who is a Canadian that's uploading to the site? <laughs> Are we doing this by geo restrictions and IP addresses? Or do we have to ascertain citizenship and how many years somebody lived in Canada? I mean, it's just sort of mind boggling when you think about the level of effort that would be required to actually figure that out for uh, the sites. You know, and that's just on the creator and never mind figuring out which viewers are getting like this customized Canadian feed. But uh, there is hope that we won't have to go down that road. And I think if the government is wise, they'll avoid it because as this has been going through the Senate and this has been in the Senate for a long time, getting tons of feedback from the industry. So the government's really making an effort to listen to a lot of people that this would affect, I think. Whether it listens to them well enough, we'll see. But there are senators that put in some provisions to the bill, made some changes that would scope out the uh, user-generated content section, meaning that sites like YouTube or TikTok wouldn't be affected by this bill. And it would just be the big streamers, like the people making productions to show to Canadians, like the Netflixes and the Amazon Primes. And that's kind of the interesting thing, because you know, when you look at some of the big broadcasters uh, in Canada, they spend millions of dollars because, you know, they're essentially mandated by the government to do so on Canadian production. And the streamers like the Disney's and the Netflix, they don't have that uh, uh, rule in, in place. But it's kind of kind of ironic as well because because of Netflix and Disney and these tax credits that production uh, places get up here in Canada I mean how many jobs are up here because of the American industry do you know what I mean so even though they're I not totally man know what you mean. yeah if they're not mandated to make Canadian content still hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars are flowing into this country 
Yeah, I mean, you, you're out there in Vancouver. I'm here in Toronto, and I think that we're both aware that uh, in our cities, the there's been a job boom and a production boom because of this online streaming revolution. And in fact, uh, the government has succeeded in getting uh, these companies like Netflix to produce a lot of content here, not through mandatory requirements, but through tax incentives and through um, having some incentive funds that are available. So when you look on these services right now, there's a ton of Canadian content that's already very popular and Canadians already love watching. I mean, we've all watched uh, Shit's Creek on Netflix, for example. Kim's Convenience is on there. And then when you look at some of the other uh, sites, like there's on Amazon Prime Video, The Boys was filmed in Toronto. And The Expanse also filmed in Toronto. Star Trek um, Discovery Boys, in Toronto. There you go. Right. Yep. So there's tons of examples and discoveries on like the Paramount streaming service, right? So. And even when you go into Disney Plus, they have an O Canada section, so you can see uh, the films, the TV shows that have those Canadian connections. So they're already sort of curating it for you. So you know, some people might look at these efforts and say, "What? Do, why do we really need this bill if the money's already coming, the jobs are already being created, and people are already seeking out the content, which we know they are." So, but then my question, Brian, is: There's no question that the the jobs are here because of of the tax incentives, uh, but doesn't it come down to Canadian stories? Like Star Wars: The Mandalorian, you know, Disney Plus uh, series, it's not a Canadian story. You know what I mean? Like I think you know part of the well, what's a Canadian story? I know that's the thing, right? I I think yeah. that's what they're trying to do. Like uh, you know, have these funds for Canadian producers to to create Canadian stories. But yes, what what is a Canadian story? Uh, you yeah. know, so and I when you look at um. When you look at it, right, it's never been about the government saying what a Canadian story is. And I think that is territory that the government doesn't necessarily want to go into. Like, are we going to have some sort of government office or the CRTC is going to be reviewing content and determining whether it's narrative or content is Canadian enough? That's not the direction that we want to go in. Oh God, no. as a democratic, <laughs> you know, country with uh, free expression, uh, that's just not territory that you want to venture into. So it should be more about um, getting Canadians involved in production, getting Canadian places, uh, the locations of films shoots being um, Canadian. Uh, but where, that's but Brian, that's Brian. It's already question. it's already happening. There's like billions of dollars in this country because of all the production happening, because the tax incentives. So I, I I get the idea that, you know, the Netflixes of the world, they should pay their fair share. Like if the broadcasters, the TV broadcasters are forced to uh, pay money, I, I feel like the Netflixes of the world, they should actually pony up uh, as well. But uh, again, I think, you know, what is the overall goal of, of, of forcing broadcasters or the streaming services to pay money like what is the goal I th I, in many ways i think we've kind of hit that goal don't you i think it's been healthy so far the government might look at the situation and say there's been nothing that's making them do this and while they seem to be playing ball it might be sort of to precipitate any government legislation that would require it later so 
if you're looking at it from the standpoint of, well, there's nothing to protect those Canadian jobs and Netflix could change its mind tomorrow about how it operates and just leave the country um, and go film somewhere to, somewhere else if it thought that was more advantageous. So let's set up a, a system where if Netflix is going to benefit from all these Canadian viewers and consumers, that we have to make sure in law that they're contributing to the ecosystem here. What about Spotify, though? Like audio service, streaming services, the Spotify's, the Deezer's, Apple Music. Like what's... Yeah, I mean, that's streaming content too, right? So that's I know, sort but... of like the radio version of the internet. So will Spotify have to curate its feeds to have uh, Canadian songs interrupt your <laughs> your playlist so, you know if you're if you've got a canadian oh, what IP a address you what, can imagine a scenario like that what a nightmare though can you imagine these streaming services trying to figure that out like i could see like you know making disney and netflix um mm-hmm. promote you know through their algorithms more canadian content but again what what is classified as canadian content do you know what i mean yeah, and that's where a lot of questions would be left to be answered by the CRTC. And there's some people, Mike, that think that there's not enough information in the actual bill right now outlining, well, how would it actually work? Who are we saying gets the Canadian content label or who doesn't? And that's the difference between making the law and then making the regulations. And the truth is we're so far from even seeing this play out or be executed in any way because even if the law gets passed and there's no reason to think that it absolutely will uh there's some back and forth to go on and if there's another election in the meantime well that would all be thrown out and, and oh, the bill would, would have to be started over again but then once it's passed you have the crtc that would have to decide on the actual regulations that go into the what actually happens and how the bill is executed. We've been talking all about B- Bill C-11 passed through the Senate. It's going to get bounced back to the House of Commons. This won't be our last conversation about it. Brian, as always, a pleasure having you on the program. Thanks for having me. That was Brian Jackson, uh, one of the guys over at the Infotech Research Group in Toronto. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You were back with the program. Mike and Gray here for the App Show. Uh, This segment here, we're going to do a bit of a Twitter update and a Netflix update. Netflix has made changes to subscriptions in Canada that you need to be aware of. Because if you're like me, and many are, and you, Gray, you're sharing your Netflix password with family members or even friends. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. But for Netflix, sharing is scary because it hurts their bottom line. They've gotten to a point where, and we're seeing this with the other streaming services, um, they're kind of plateauing now. Yeah. Netflix had years of astronomical growth, but they're trying to milk every dollar. So we're going to tell you what the changes are and how much it's going to cost you. But let's start with Twitter. Okay. Elon Musk purchased Twitter for $44 billion last year, and it's been crazy town, right? It's putting it lightly. (laughs) So... He's trying to increase revenue. One of those ways, he says, is to get subscriptions to the the Twitter Blue, which used to be the Twitter Verified, to half of their revenue. Half. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because... So the revenue is what? Like $3 billion a year? Yep. He was held hostage by advertisers when they pulled out. He looked at that and went, that can't happen anymore. So what do I do? Subscribers. 
And he's got a long ways to go, according to the stats so far. A little bit. So just released it, I think, in December time frame, Mm -hmm. give or take a month. It's eight bucks a month. Yep. And you can become a Twitter blue subscriber. Yes. So that gets you some, well, gets you a blue check mark, which I had for free. Yes. Well, so that's the thing. You you had one. They wouldn't give me one. I wouldn't give you one. Well, I wouldn't give me one either. But <laughs> kidding, so here, I'm kidding. Thing, I paid for Twitter Blue because it reduced the n- number of ads. Oh, it you let, did? It let me use an NFT as my profile picture. I thought it was the coolest oh, okay. thing. And this was pre-Elon Musk. He came along and I'm like, forget it. I canceled my Twitter Blue. <laughs> okay. I, I had it for long enough to get my blue check mark. My blue check mark didn't go away when I unsubscribed. System wasn't working there. Yeah. But when he decided to step down, I'm like, all right, I'm back in. Because I actually do want to see Twitter succeed. You know, they spent years trying to prevent megalomaniac billionaires from like ranting on the platform and then one bought it. <laughs> it's just, what do you do? Yeah. So can he be successful? So we know that the revenues are projected to be about $3 billion here in 2023. So that means that if he wants 50% of that uh, to be from subscriptions, I'm not a math genius, but that's 1.5 billion. He's far off. So so far in the U.S., they're only at 190,000 subscribers. So 62% of their audience is U.S.-based. I'm assuming that'd probably be U.S.-Canada. The rest of the world, um, when you factor them in, they've only got 290,000 subscribers. I think it's like less than 0.2% of the overall Twitter audience because I think they're over 250 million, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere. It's not a terribly appealing thing right now. Yeah. So what do you get besides just being blue? You got your blue check mark. Uh, there are different lists that you can kind of put people into. Um, there are fewer ads. Um, really, like, looking at it, you can use the NFT as a profile picture. That, yeah. That appeals to, like, me and nobody yeah, else. Yeah. The NFT nerds, right? Yeah. I just, you know, I did it to, to really anger people on the internet. And it worked quite well. So looking at it, there one... Nobody really knows what's in it. And when people are looking at it, they're going eight bucks a month for that, right? You know, you're looking at 96 bucks a year? Okay, so you can edit a tweet. If you're a a Twitter Blue subscriber, you can edit a tweet within a 30-minute window. You get bookmark, folders, I don't care. Custom app icons, don't care. NFT, being able to use your NFT as a profile picture, you care. You can do themes, custom navigation, so the big thing for me... Un, was, you can undo a tweet. So the, the big thing for me was exactly that. Is was that for it? drunk tweeting? <laughs> you know what it was? And longer tweets, sorry. It's uh, it's when you are typing something very, very fast and you get the wrong autocorrect word in there. You don't quite catch it. It had to delay in there before it would actually tweet, which was great. I'd usually catch it then. But then the edit button came along and I'm like, yeah, I can be sloppy for half an hour. It's fine. So the longer tweets, that might be important to some people. So regular users can do 280 characters. But with Twitter Blue, 4,000. Does that take away from the, the elegance of Twitter? Do you remember why it was 140 characters back in the day? I forget. That was the length of an SMS message because Twitter started on the SMS platform. Got it, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, you know, 280, well, let's double it. <laughs> but 4,000, you know, for years, I had to work to make my jokes work on Twitter in 140 characters. It got easy with 280. 4,000, there's no challenge anymore. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going, I'm going to TikTok. Okay, so 290,000 subscribers to Twitter. <laughs> Take one down, pass them around. <laughs> um, they're far off. It's only 28 million a year, roughly, Yeah. in subscription fees. That's far from 1.5 billion. And just to give you perspective, 
they have $1 billion in interest payments a year now for the loans they've taken out. Oof. I think they have to come up with some more compelling features. Uh, he said that they're going to have other subscription levels, some levels that will take out ads altogether that might be appealing to some. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be appealing to a lot. Like, I, do you use Twitter a lot? I do. Yeah. I mean, if Facebook did something similar, I'd me feel more compelled to subscribe yeah. because I use it a lot. Yeah. But Twitter, no. No. And it shows in the numbers, right? Because Facebook's got over 2 billion users. I think, what is TikTok? It's up at 2 billion. Yep. Twitter, no. It, so, it's kind of a, a certain segment of the market. Yes, there's a, there's a very dedicated niche. It's, it's the right now platform, right? News and breaking information, all that sort of stuff. It's, it's way too much for a lot of people. It's drinking from a fire hose. You're not gonna capture a mainstream audience with this, but the people who like Twitter think that Twitter is the world. And I know, so, and they're outraged. They're, they are. Well, I mean, they're always outraged. That's kind of why they're on Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. What are you outraged about today? I don't know. I'm on Twitter. And that's the thing. Like, I almost, almost feel bad that I've spent this long talking about Twitter <laughs> on the show today because honestly, probably 80% of the audience is like, oh my God, I don't care. No one cares. Yeah. I'm going to go have a coffee or something. <laughs> Tune out this Mike Agarbo character. So let's move to Netflix where people care more. Right? Yeah. Uh, if you're sharing your password, you are screwed. Because <laughs> they've launched this new in Canada as of uh, Wednesday. If you have people outside of your house sharing your password, eh, 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 they will know and block those people. If you want to add additional users that are outside of your house, it's going to cost you eight bucks a person. Yeah. And you can't add unlimited people. If you've got the standard plan, which a lot of people have, you can only add one, count that, one additional user for eight bucks a month. If you've got the platinum plan, which gets you the 4K and- The four streams. Four streams at a time, you can add two. So for people out there with three kids, you gotta pick favorites. You gotta make one of them move back home. Yeah. Essentially. So that's kind of crazy, right? But so here's the thing that I don't understand yet. I don't know how they're gonna figure out the blocking thing. Cause they say, so for example, I, if I go traveling, mm. I can still, I'll still be able to watch Netflix on my mobile device or log into my hotel room TV yep. with my Netflix account. So that's outside of my house. How do they know? That's a good question. They haven't, they've been light on the details with that. It seems like that's a really nice Netflix account you got there. Be ashamed if anything happened to it. You should pay us another $7 a month. So here comes the balancing act. Yeah. Gray, the extra revenue because people will probably, like I, I will probably add the extra couple bodies. Yeah. You're welcome, <laughs> Anders and, and Evan. Um, <laughs> but how many people will they lose? You think they'll lose? I'm, I'm tempted. Because there's, I'm getting subscription fatigue. Yeah. I've watched most of the Netflix library. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at it this way, like you could cycle each of these services, you know, one month every quarter for Netflix, Crave, and Disney. And just like, this is Netflix month. I'm going to I'm gonna pay for it this month. And then I'm going to pay for it four months from now. And so on. And just leapfrog these things and just get the con. All you have to do, all you have to this is dead simple. Just avoid spoilers on the internet. Yeah? Yeah, you just, just. Cables never look so good. <sighs> right? I actually want to throw up hearing that. <laughs> but it's cheaper. 
when you start at, when, well, when you start factoring in all the subscriptions. I know some people that are going back to cable. We, we live in a dystopian nightmare. We do. Okay. I'm going to give a shout out to the contest and you've been waiting for it. The secret word. Giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone and a $500 gift card to your favorite charity. Nice. It's got to go to a charity, okay? So don't think you're going to be getting 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so the secret word this week, if you want extra entries at our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and this is 25 extra entries, the secret word is, secret word is STEAM. S-T-E-A-M. STEAM. Yes. Science, technology, engineering. And math. And math. <laughs> Sometimes it's arts and math, you know, and as an arts major. That was kind of the inspiration. I, I feel included. It, right. But, uh, it's kind of uh, a nod to the University of Ottawa's engineering department. TELUS is uh, working with them on virtual workshops that people can take to learn about nice. STEAM. Right? Awesome. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And again, thanks to the TELUS Friendly Future Foundation for poning up some prizes and, and helping us spread the good word about helping the community. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. You know what we're talking about when we get back? What are we talking about? Apple. Two billion active devices around the world. We're going to tell you what they are and why you should care. You're listening to The App Show with Mike and Gray back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Egerbo here with Gray Williams. Quick shout out to the contest again, giving away a Samsung Galaxy S22 smartphone and a $500 charity gift card that you can give to your favorite charity in Canada. Nice. All uh, thanks to our partners over at the Telus Friendly Future Foundation. Secret word, Gray, to get more entries. And this is kind of the cool thing about this contest. We're trying to make it fun and interactive. And if you go to the website to, to enter, getconnectedmedia.com, there's extra chances to get extra entries to doing a few different things. So this week, secret word, STEAM. STEAM. S-T-E-A-M. You enter that in, 25 extra entries. That's all you have to do. Just enter that word in. Nice. Not that hard. Yeah. And who doesn't want to win that phone? God, it's gorgeous. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Apple now. Yeah. Two billion active Apple users around the world. That is... So let's talk about that. So iPhones, yeah. iPads, uh, MacBooks. Apple TV? Apple TV. And so that is an amazing amount of people when you think about how many people are on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many active Google? I don't. Devices are? What would you guess? Are we talking like Pixel devices? Google. Just Google? Yeah, Samsung runs Google. Okay. Jeez. Well, I mean, market share split, isn't it 60-40? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or 70-30 or maybe even. Yeah. Yeah. Market share, when you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like iPhones compared to. Android. Yeah. Android phones. Yeah. It's, but we're talking devices like tablets. Yeah. All of your restaurants are running, you know, most restaurants are running cheap Android tablets. The yeah. nice restaurants are running iPads. Yes. Right? Airlines are running iPads, the bus, Android. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I couldn't so say. Apple's at 2 billion. 2 billion. Is this like a chicken in every pot? Or do we have like 7 billion? 3 billion. 3 billion. Okay. Wow. I thought it'd be more. So they define an active user or an active device that runs the Google Play Store. So there might be more. Because in China, they don't run the Google Play Store. But the thing there is that also... Your operating system gets deprecated. Your phone no longer gets updates. You roll off. You're no longer an active user with that. So the, okay. the problem with Google, though, mm. uh, and we've talked about this on the program, is how fragmented it is. Yes. Because they have so many different versions of their operating system now. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when you look at the stats, uh, people aren't updating to the latest version yeah. of the Google operating system, which makes it difficult for developers that are making apps yeah. and services for devices because they have to take into account all the different versions of the operating system to make sure that it works on everything. The lowest common denominator. Right? Yeah. And, and up. Whereas on Apple, they have an, an extremely high percentage of the users that update to the latest yeah. operating system. It's something like 70%. It's, yeah, or more, right? Yeah. So for developers, that's way more appealing. And that's why developers prefer to develop for Apple products because they make a stink load more money. Yeah. With apparently less effort. <laughs> well, like in my house, I've got my Apple Watch, I've got my iPhone, two iPads, Apple TV, my MacBook, two HomePods. I can, I can start to see it. Like I am current on all of those devices. Yeah, you're like counting for almost like a billion right? <laughs> of those things. <laughs> no, it's crazy, right? It's, yeah. um, they're just killing it. So they were at uh, 1.8 billion last year. Wow. So within a year, 200 million. Isn't that insane? And almost was, a 10% increase. Well, when we look at it, the last sort of generations of iPhones, even the low end had similar chips to the high end. It was just the additional features that and, were on there. And so, you know what's important about that? Obviously, Apple loves making money on the hardware, and they charge a premium. It's the services now that are highly, highly profitable. And so let's talk about the services. So it's iCloud. You yep. can buy extra storage. There's Apple Music. There's Apple Arcade. There's Apple News. There's Apple Fitness Plus. Yeah. There's Apple One that bundles them all together. That's what I did. I'm missing Apple stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they've got iTunes. Yeah. Where you can buy individual albums and songs. Yeah. As well. So it's insane did I say Apple Arcade? Somewhere, somewhere in there, yes. <laughs> I know I'm missing something, but uh, the trick here is that they are covering everything right now. Well, and so that sort of has come down to the Android versus Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV+. Plus. I forgot that. Servant, season yeah. four. Great. But like, looking at it, it's sort of user choice versus convenience and capability. And, you know, it might, maybe it feels great to have all of that control over the individual services that you go to. You know, sure, I'm going to pay a little bit more for some of the things that I bought from Apple. The, the, the lack of stress that I have with this, you know, my parents are on this account. They've got their, uh, my, my dad's got his iMac. My mom's got her, her uh, MacBook Air. You know, their iPhones are on, their, their Apple Watches are on. I don't have to do anything. Like, I, I literally bought this thing on the, uh, on the Apple Store, said it was for my parents, and it showed up ready to go. It doesn't get any, any use in that. Yeah, but the services. No one can touch them, right? Well, that's it. Especially if you live near a, an Apple store, right? Apple Fitness on the on the Apple Watch. Plus, they've also got the Apple TV. It, the whole thing just tied in together. This sounds like an ad, but it's not. It's just this is the, the lack of stress in my life for my parents and myself. Yeah, I understand this two billion users because I wouldn't go anywhere else personally. Yeah, and they just seem to be picking up steam now as far as market share, especially when it comes to their uh, their phones. Yeah, uh, number two in phones, Samsung. Yep. Well, and honestly. Like, if we didn't have competition here, Apple wouldn't be moving nearly as fast. No. So, it's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad there's not more competition. Hmm. I mean, so... Because the U.S. government's kind of wiped out a lot of the Chinese guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Huawei. That seems like so long ago. I know, but it, I'm, I, <laughs> I always get hate mail when I say this, but I'm sad. Like, about... It's not that, you know... Huawei is like the end-all, be-all, be all, but that was competition. Do you were, know what I mean? They were doing some interesting things. They were doing things years ahead of 
the other guys. Yeah. They were really making it competitive. Mm. And now all the other Chinese companies are afraid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they don't want to pop up on the radar yeah. of the US government and get banned. Well, look at TikTok. Yeah. Right? Hmm. So, I mean, there's only, you know what the number three smartphone manufacturer is? No idea. And most people have never heard of it. Xiaomi. Oh, yeah. I got a lamp from them. Do you? Yeah, I think it has a microphone in it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's so funny, right? It was like, always makes fun of like Chinese phones. Oh, yeah, they're listening to you. Yeah, everything's listening to you now. <laughs> you're missing You're missing the plot. You just posted your last two weeks on Instagram. You, I they know. don't need to listen. No, I, I do actually have their lamps, their, uh, their bedside lamps, and they're quite good. Little. I didn't know they made lamps. Yeah, they're great. Do you know what I'm really loving right now is my Apple TV. Yeah. Because I have a, a number of um, TVs in my house. I love Roku. Roku is built into a lot of these cheaper TVs now. It's like a, a, a smart TV interface. Yeah. And what I love about it is how dead simple it is. Like for people that aren't tech savvy, you can't beat it. Yeah. Because you can't really mess it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I thought about giving my parents an Apple TV. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's kind of confusing, don't you find? The App Store model can be a little bit. Yeah, but like at the top. Yes. Okay, so you've got the apps. If they just left it with the apps instead of like, they've got kind of the, the TV shows up top and then you go into some weird... You can kind of, turn that off. I just figured this out last week. No. Yes, it's in the settings. You can turn that off. Oh, that was driving me crazy. Because it's showing you the previews of stuff. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't want that. Yeah, turn it off. Because it's just, it's confusing. But so... Like, why would you want an Apple TV? I'll tell you why. If, if you're a power user, like you want fast, Apple TV blows everything else out of the water. Mm. I know there's some Android stuff out there, like the NVIDIA Shield, yeah. like that's kick butt. But compared to a Roku, it, it, it's like a go-kart compared to a Ferrari as far as speed. Yeah. Like the time it takes Roku to boot things up. You know what I mean? Like you launch yes. the app... And then it's just really clunky when you're trying to search through things. Apple, it's just like a smooth scroll. It's like butter. Well, and you can use your phone as a keyboard. Yeah. You can also use the Siri remote or Siri on your phone. But for me, one of the big ones is when I'm signing into these damn services when they sign me out. Oh, yeah. Instead of like, you know, with the the on-screen keyboard that takes about 20 minutes to (laughs) enter in things. Yeah. Sometimes you can just tap your phone to the darn thing. The whole setup process there is great. Live sports is an interesting one. Okay. Because uh, you've got Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember what else they, they picked up. But having like live sports scores show up while you're watching a show. Oh, that's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And you can kind of. I'm not a big sports it. guy, so I, I don't care, but I could see how sports people would. My dad is. Yeah. It's, I'm like, which sports ball is this? I don't know. But I set him up. He seems very happy. So, I mean, they're not cheap. They're a few hundred bucks, right? Whereas you can get like a Roku stick or an Amazon Fire Stick for like $50. That was the hard sell. My, my dad had a Fire Stick, and it was, you know. Getting that out of the HDMI port and the Apple TV into the HDMI port was the hardest battle. As soon as it was on, it was great. And so I just made sure you didn't see the bill. Well, exactly. We have run out of time. Don't forget to go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got uh, our sister show, YouTube channel up there. Uh, Get Connected weekly as well. You can subscribe to the podcast on uh, this week's show. We talked uh, all about AI and how Microsoft and Google are competing uh, against them and oh so much more, hit the website, getconnectedmedia.com, and you can enter to win a Galaxy S22 and a $500 charity gift card courtesy of TELUS Friendly Future Foundation. Graham, Gray, sorry, thanks for coming in. We'll see you again next time.